In my first few years as a social media manager, I often felt like everything went wrong, everything was against me, and I just had a real hard time (laughs) being a social media manager, and everyone else had it a lot easier. And this is what happens when we follow people on social media and we compare ourselves to their highlights reel. And this is exactly what motivated me to start this podcast because it felt like this intimate little space where I could be fully honest and talk about the raw truths and realities of being a social media manager or being a business owner. And that's exactly why I also love doing interviews on this podcast, bringing in other guests because Often when you actually start talking to other business owners, you realize that they have gone through all of the same trials and issues and challenges and hurdles that you have. And it's almost this little point that I have with often with my students where I'm like, yep, I have that exact same story or I've had that exact same client as you. And sometimes it's just nice to have that grounding moment when you realize you're not alone. And today I'm really excited to have Anastasia on the podcast talking about her journey as a social media manager and building her agency, Mountain Sass Media. And Anastasia is actually a graduate of the Dishing Up Digital School. So I hope you're excited to hear her ups and downs, her raw and honest journey and her best tips for you guys as you're starting out your own business journey. So with that out of the way, let's dive into today's interview. And let me know if you guys want to hear more interviews on the podcast if you're enjoying these we've had a couple this month and I'd really love to do some more this year all right let's get into it welcome to the dishing up digital podcast I'm your host Ellen a former nine-to-five escapee turned six-figure business owner this is your place to learn everything there is to know about building your dream life and career as a social media manager whether you're just starting out and feeling lost and confused or you want to take your current business to the next level and double your income, this is the podcast for you. Social media is such a powerful platform and it's enabled me to book out my services and smash the six-figure milestone with only 3,000 Instagram followers. So grab a cup of tea, coffee, a glass of rosé with me, and let's turn those dreams into a reality. So I wanted to start off really with a little bit more about your journey, how you got into the world of social media management, why you started your business, and I guess how how we got to where we are today. (laughs) Oh, it's, um, it started in corporate. Um, Well, I was working at a healthcare facility here in town, and I just noticed that they thought marketing was only through a newspaper. So I was like, you know, you have a Facebook page. So does the other area of the clinic. Like we need to really be promoting that. Um, and it was just something that I started doing, like in my corporate job, they literally just gave me like a 50 cent raise to do their social media. So it started there. I really liked it because it turned on my creative side of my brain, um, more than just zoning out and doing whatever. So, um, being able to create and kind of like think of things for them, how to promote, how we can do videos was really how I got there. And then it kind of just went from there. I talked to other business owners and friends in town and they just asked me to start doing their social media. I love that. It's kind of like a combination of falling into social media management, but also being quite proactive and being like, hey, we can do better. Here are some ideas. Yeah. 
And I love that you seize the opportunity to work with other like local businesses. And you said kind of like people that you knew, has it been Mm -hmm. quite like an organic process for you then bringing on more clients and growing your business? Um, a little bit. It's been also, so I live in Montana In Montana, pretty much in the United States, we say is like 10 years, if not more behind everywhere else. (laughs) So it's, it's not been as organic because either people value it as that you're just posting to social media and that's, there's no value to that. And you can't make a job out of that. Um, or they, you know, it's just too much for their business right now. And, but it's starting to grow, I think a little bit more as a lot of people are starting to see that, but again, like, it's just so behind on times here in town. I think there's maybe a couple other people who do social media management, um, and anything online. It's just, it's kind of a little bit slow. So you really have to kind of talk to people and explain like what you do, how you're going to do a strategy for them, show them some content um, and how it can really improve. And then they, they kind of understand just a little bit though. It's so funny that you say that because I feel like that's a comment that comes up with so many people, you know, in my Instagram DMs or in the Dishing Up Digital School, people being like, my country, my city is so behind the times. No one understands what I'm doing. What advice Mm -hmm. would you give to people when it comes to winning over a potential client who doesn't understand your services? Because I do think that is quite a skill to develop. (laughs) Yes. Um, I think it's showing proof um, and giving them like a little bit of a preview. So I've done just even a couple of graphics. I think you, I think said it that you just like exchange graphics for like a testimonial. And that's a little bit of what I did. I just like show them, Hey, this is what we can go ahead and do. Um, We can really start commenting on it. And that's when I find out that like a lot of people, they just don't have time to do that. So I'm like, okay, we'll give that to me. I will be on your social media. I'll comment back. I'll like other people's posts and really grow your following. So that's where I think is just showing that, that social proof that this can happen and you can do that. Um, it was just when it fell into my lap, that's where I was like, okay, this is really something I could really do, but I just have to continue on and like plug away on what I need to do to show them that you can make something out of this. Social proof, I think, is so powerful whenever someone is nervous. Because I I always say, like, as a business owner, to give away a little piece of your business to a contractor, a stranger, it is actually Mm -hmm. really scary. It's like a big deal. And I think a lot of social media managers get caught up just thinking about them themselves. And, you know, they want the client and they forget about what it's like for, you know, the the other side of the table for for the risk that they feel that they're taking. So social proof testimonials, I think is just the best way (laughs) to help ease that process, give them some confidence. And what for you would has, has been the best strategy in terms of booking more clients and growing your business? To be honest, it is pretty much social proof. It's showing up like even on just my Instagram. Um, that's how I actually got my recent client. She just was like, I like your vibe. I like how you, you know, you have that personality. Um, I mean, my business is called mountain sass and I definitely have that sass. So I let that show through. I let my, like my colors are very bold. Um, and that's, that's me. So I know that like, that's what I love to be able to show people and showing up and doing those things. And even, I think the hardest thing is when I first started 
started, I was like, I don't have a huge portfolio. So I just started showing, got those clients in that I was able to work with and show them that, hey, let's do this and change a little bit of a tweak there. And it pretty much my biggest one was referrals after I started showing up social. And what for you has been a real highlight so far in your social media management journey? What has been like a biggest project, a personal little pinch me milestone or anything like that? I feel like there's a few of them. Um, Obviously, I got to work with some amazing clients that I love um, and got to know them. But for me personally in my business, I got to build my office um, and that was like okay, I'm not working from my dining room table on my laptop anymore. <laughs> like, I have a space here that's my own and my husband or my animals don't get to come in here. So that's why my biggest thing that I'm super proud of is that I do have an office that I get to call my own by building this business. And how long into your journey did it kind of take you to get to that point? Because it kind of sounds like that was obviously a goal you were working towards, a little bit of a dream. Yes. It took me about a year, year and a half to go ahead and build it. Um, I think the scariest thing was painting it because I didn't know how to paint. So that was the whole journey. But um, yeah, that was, it took, it took a little bit to go ahead and save up and be able to get where I'm at right now. I love that. And what was the experience like that first day sitting down in your finished office to get to work on your business. What was that moment like for you emotionally? I cried. <laughs> um, I just cried because like I said, I I went from not knowing um, if this would work to literally people saying it's not going to work um, and not having support to like literally just sitting in my office chair and looking at my empty office that I had installed like a desk and everything. And I just cried. I was so happy because this is like the one thing that I've got to do for me and like my footing that I was able to do and not anybody else's. So it was, it was a huge relief of like emotions, but also a just huge, I'm super proud of myself. That is so beautiful and powerful. And I think one thing that stood out to me there that you said was the people that told you, you couldn't really do it. And the kind of things you know you pick up I know it was the same for me you know friends and family sometimes it comes from a place of love you know my parents wanted my mom particularly wanted to protect me and be like oh you sure you want to do this it's gonna be hard work kind of thing and how do you cope personally or how did you cope with the doubt that surrounded you and your decisions because I know so many people listening will be able to relate to that yeah so I um it was a family member who actually told my husband that Um, we couldn't afford to do that. And that I should not be doing that. That I like actually went looking for is just like people like you who I was able to watch and see that this is a success and you can go ahead and do that. But that I was able to find it with my husband. He supported me the most and finding that I can do this and seeing like the actual money come in. That was something that I was able to get that coping in. It took a lot of tears. It took a lot of me being by myself and like really reflecting on, yes, you can do that. And this, you are worth doing this for. And the price, like, I think my biggest thing is that I was worried about like pricing myself, um, versus like actually what my skill is. So that's where my mindset had to shift 
on that. You are doing this by yourself for yourself. And I mean, it's really hard, but when you find people that you can watch and see their progress and their stories and not compare, but just be proud that they're doing exactly what you could be doing. That's, that's the biggest thing that helped me with my lack of support that I didn't have. That is such an incredibly helpful tip, I think, for a lot of people out there. And it's something I always say a lot is you actually have the power to curate the space and environment you're building your your business and also who you follow on social media. I think mm-hmm. a lot of people think, you know, they have the, the look at social media that it's it's negative, that it's bad for our mental health, that it's full of comparison. And I think it can be that space if you allow it to, but it can also be a place where you can take control and be like, actually, I'm going to find inspiring people to follow people who make me want to get up out of bed and go and start my business and follow my dreams, no matter the noise around me. And Mm -hmm. I just, that's one of the things I look at social media and think, isn't it amazing that we have this tool? Like the fact that we're sitting here on a Zoom call today, you're in Montana, I'm in Wellington, (laughs) New Zealand, opposite sides of the world. Like how cool is that? Yeah, it's crazy to think about. I was telling my husband that I have a podcast interview today and she's in New Zealand and he's like, what? Like, how did you even meet up with her? Like, how, how is this happening? You're in Montana. And I was like, well, this is, this is how it goes. I took her course and loved it. And we just started following each other on Instagram and talked there. And that's what it is. I mean, I love being able to be a source for people now. If anybody like DMs me or asks questions on Facebook, I answer them because there is so many opportunities online that you can do. Um, and social media is such a huge one, especially right now with everything being online. So just finding those people that you can kind of like look up to, um, but also like not compare yourself. Like, why am I not there yet? Because one day you might be, one day you might be past where that person was or is right now. It's just, you got to set the goals for you and only look at that for you. And on this topic, what would you say has been some of your other biggest challenges or obstacles to come across or overcome in your social media management journey? I think it was the pricing. Um, cause I wanted to hear that it's not, it's not valued. So finding out that I have to kind of go actually outside of Montana, Um, and work with people there and realizing that, you know, it might not be somebody local, but I do work with people local and I love it. Um, And you just have to find the right ones. So pricing and finding the right clients, because there's clients that'll push your boundaries. I had somebody asking if I would like work for them on Easter and it was a weekend and it's a holiday. I don't have my computer. Um, So it's, it's setting those boundaries, um, figuring out that this, the pricing that is not like, it's not you that you're pricing, it's your skill. And that's a separate thing. And your mindset was the biggest things that I had challenges with at the very beginning. I feel like such like a proud mom, whenever like a dishing up digital school student talks to me about their boundaries that they're implementing, because <laughs> that was such a problem for me. And I was chatting with mm-hmm. it about, or with someone about it the other day, actually, and how when you start your own business, you're just so in love with your job and you love the flexibility that you're like, I don't care that I'm going to work two hours on a Saturday because I can take Monday morning off. Or I don't care that I'm working on New Year's Eve because I'm working from my tent at the, at the beach on holiday kind of thing. Mm-hmm. 
And I think that only lasts for so long before you realize, hang on, I'm getting burnt out. So to see people like you introducing those boundaries and being strong with them early on, I think is amazing because it's it's one of the things I wish I could go back and tell my younger self or my early entrepreneur self, be like, Ellen, stop doing that. <laughs> mm-hmm. I love that. And that's definitely something for me too. <laughs> Yeah, well, it's all a work in progress. And there's always a new, like a new challenge with boundaries. I think when you start with a new client, there'll always be something else that pops up. Uh, Definitely starting with a new client. I think that's where you have to um, first like hit it on the head with that. Because if you don't set the boundaries right away, they're going to, when you set them later on, because you're burnt out, they're going to be like, well, why are you doing that now? (laughs) Um, And that's kind of exactly what happened to me with my first client that I lost. Loved working with her, but she expected me to work on the weekends and holidays and pretty much out of my office hours for her. And um, I mean, she, she told me that, um, having a work-life balance for me interrupts her work-life balance and that's not okay. So needless to say, we are no longer working together because yep. I prioritize my work-life balance. So, oh my gosh. So it's just like a red flag popping up from my head there. Like, yes. oh my gosh, that is not a good client. And I think unfortunately, <laughs> sometimes we have to go through those bad clients to find our dream clients. Like I, I have similar stories and you will have heard a lot <laughs> in the Dishing Up Digital School. And it's funny looking back now, I think, how did I put up with that? But I also know mm-hmm. I had to learn some of those bad experiences in order to really stand strong with my boundaries and see, okay, actually there's a reason for enforcing these, for creating these from the beginning, because I know how the story ends if I don't. And also just taught me to really appreciate the good clients when they came along. And I definitely appreciate the ones that I have now that understand. And so my newest client that I onboarded last week, I told her in the beginning that obviously I don't work weekends, but also as a heads up, like I have some out of office time the next couple Mm -hmm. of Mondays, just because I want her her to be prepared. And she completely understands that, you know, I'm not at her becking call all the time that like there is office hours and that to work in that and to understand that, you know, you have appointments, I have appointments, we have to kind of work together on that. So Mm. it's really nice when you have somebody who's understanding that you're a human and you need to have time off as well. And you need to go to your appointments instead of working through them and always being on your phone for them. Absolutely. And I think it's so important to remind ourselves at the end of the day, we're like a contract social media manager. We're not Mm -hmm. a full-time employee that needs to be at their desk in their office from eight till six every single day and responding to their back and call. Like I had a client last year who would message me just randomly, like on a, on a Tuesday midday being like, Hey, can I call you for a quick chat right now? And I'm like, well, actually, no, because I have other clients that I'm looking after. I have other things in my schedule. And it was because Mm -hmm. this was a particular client who was used to having employees and had changed their sort of business structure a little bit. And I was the first kind of contractor to come in. So sometimes you've got to, you know, teach clients a little bit about how the process works. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, definitely, definitely agree with what you're saying there. Yeah. And I had to teach myself, um, as well, because 
I would want, I want to serve them so much and do a good job, but also at the same time, I want to have my boundaries. So, I mean, if you're new and starting up, I don't recommend this right now, but where I'm at in my business, I got two phones um, just because also of content shooting, but one is my work phone and it literally is programmed to do not disturb around like four o'clock in the afternoon and doesn't like give me notifications until like almost 10 o'clock in the morning because I have to separate that or I'm looking at their Instagram. I'm replying to things. I'm doing mm-hmm. this work outside of business hours for, and I, I'm doing it to myself then. They're not asking for it. So that's where I had to figure out a balance. And definitely um, I followed your suggestion on turning off notifications because <laughs> that was exactly what I was doing. I was like, I have to look at the bubble. What is there? So yeah. Yeah. And I think what you're saying there is it's so challenging when you actually love what you do, right? When you love Mm. your job, you just keep going and going because it's not that same. Like if you, if you hate your job, you're so looking forward to five o'clock and you almost have this, ha ha, I don't have to check my emails now. Like I'm off the clock, but when you love Mm -hmm. your job, you're like, Ooh, my client just got a new DM. Like, I wonder what that is. Or, Oh, they've been tagged in something. Let me repost that. Or like, Ooh, Mm -hmm. I've got an email from someone like, let's book them in for a discovery call. And it's just so exciting exciting but like I said before if you keep operating like that that's when you start to get burnt out like you can get burnt Mm -hmm. out doing a job that you love which I think is a good reminder I love the idea of having a separate phone for business and work I think that is brilliant social media managers are just primed to be addicted to our phones (laughs) so having that separation is amazing how long have you had that in place with the two phones I had that. Oh, when did I get that? I think a little bit before Christmas is when I decided to go ahead and get one. Um, it just because I was traveling so much and I was working while I was traveling, but that it's been the best thing that I think I've done just so that I don't have anything logged in on my personal phone. That's for my clients. It's just my phone again. And if I want to turn on the notifications, I can, but um, definitely it's the biggest thing that I've done to separate myself mm. from my business. Mm. I'm definitely leaning towards doing that. I, I did have it set up in the past of like all of my main business stuff was on my iPad. And then I had a couple oh, yeah. of clients on my phone. And then somehow mm. in the past year, it's all just crept. I think because I've streamlined and I'm working with only like four clients at the moment. They're all mm. on my phone. <laughs> And it's definitely a case of like, hang on, Alan, how have we slipped backwards here? (laughs) This is a good reminder from from you. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And I think it's, it's, I, I don't want people to feel like guilty for doing that because I feel like we get to a point where we're like, we just need to serve them and we just need to help them. Like they're paying us um, so much money. Like we should be working when they need us to. And that's not the case. Um, I think you get more respect as a business owner if you set those boundaries um, and set them right away than Mm. sitting there and, you know, letting it be whatever they're wanting whenever they need it. That is so true. I think it adds to your professionalism almost. Like I remember when I worked with one of my first website designers um, for, for my Alan McKenzie website, and her contract came through and it had a whole section on her business operating hours. And like, this is when you can contact with me. This is when you expect a, a reply. Mm-hmm. And she had such a clear timeline for the project as well. It kind of makes you sit up a little bit and be like, oh, 
oh, she's she's serious. Yep. Like I booked a good one. <laughs> so oh, yes. I think we get caught up in our own head and worry that boundaries are going to make us less desirable as a social media mm-hmm. manager. When in reality, that's just, you know, a fear. That's just a limiting belief in our own heads when in reality, it can be quite the opposite. Definitely. And if they're asking you to maybe let it slip one time or to sit there and, well, what about like, I need to get posts up on the weekends. Can't you do it? That's a huge red flag for Mm -hmm. me. If they're asking me already right at the beginning that I need to kind of bend my boundaries. It's just like, I don't think that that's going to be a good fit. Um, or I learned really hard with one um, previous client, if they do not communicate <laughs> and if they sit there and kind of almost ghost you at times, they are not going to be somebody that you want to work with. It's It should be an open communication because you do have a portion of their business in your hands that you are managing. And if they don't take that seriously, then you, you should probably run. <laughs> I love that. So powerful. And of course, before we wrap up the interview, I wanted to ask about your time in the Dishing Up Digital School. And it's been so awesome following your journey and seeing you kind of grow your business. But would you be happy to share with podcast listeners a little bit more about your experience in my program, what you learned and what was, I guess, the biggest changes to your journey that came from the Dishing Up Digital School? I think from the Dishing Up Digital School, I when I first started, there was nothing like it. Um, there wasn't really any courses that I could find that I actually trusted. Um, so seeing how you provided social proof and then actually buying the course and taking that leap, I'm like, this has a lot of information in it. I have a notebook for the Dishing Up Digital School, because I'm like, oh, I'm getting this idea. I should do this for pricing. You know, my mindset is not there yet and I need it to be. And that's what gets me is like when a business owner puts in their courses about a mindset, because your mind is where all of those thoughts and negative thoughts are going to be. And if you sit there and actually reflect on it, like you did with that, Um, in the course, it was amazing. So, and then just all the other details about pricing. I think that's when I struggled the most. And that's what helped me the biggest was that pricing module, just because I, I never thought I should sit there and like up my prices until I, I saw that. And you're like, do it every client, at least $5. And I'm like, that's amazing. I'm going to do that. And now I'm here. So (laughs) And when you started the Dishing Up Digital School, how many clients were you working with or how far along in your journey were you? I was probably just newly quit my job, which was a year ago. Um, So I was barely just a couple months in and I decided to dive in. And I, I only have two clients, I think at that time. And I had two clients that were paying me only $400 a month. And now I have clients who are paying well more than that um, and actually valuing my services unlike those previous clients. So it definitely was a big change for sure. I love that. And how much would you recommend the Dishing Up Digital School to anyone else listening who might be on the fence? Uh, 100%. Honestly, I have not found out like a course and I've, I've followed many social media managers 
I have not found another course like it. I've not found another course that actually helps and explain more. Um, I've actually recommended it to a few people who have asked what I do and wanted to get started in it. And they've spent well more than what the course is just to learn. And they didn't get nearly as enough like as I did when I was taking this course. Love that. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and making the time to chat. It's so awesome to hear how much you have grown in just the space of a year. I hope you're giving yourself a big pat on the back (laughs) and enjoying that beautiful home office as well. Yes, I am for sure. And thank you so much for providing so much information out there on social media and being transparent about it, because I think that's the biggest thing that helps a lot of people is just being transparent and it's happens very little on social media. So thank you for being so authentic about it. Yay.